so thankful. Amen. He is, he's a preacher not just behind a pulpit. He's the preacher everywhere he goes. Amen. We, we happen to, to get to spend just a little bit of time uh, at the bank this week. And uh, before we left, he about converted a lady. Amen. And I am so thankful for somebody who is hungry to deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord and Brother Bob Allen as he makes his way. Let's give that to the Lord today. He's the one worthy of all glory, all honor, and all substance. I tell you, I thank God for the name that is above every name today because it's that name that I fell in love with 27 years ago. Hallelujah. And it is a name that is going to be uh, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Hallelujah. And declare that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. We're honored to be in the house of the Lord today. Hallelujah. We were kind of surprised. Brother Cook uh, spoke with me. I uh, knew that he was going out of town, and uh, we always are honored. I give honor to Brother Cook and to Sister Cook and to Brother Lee Cook for the anniversary services that they're having down there in Mississippi. Hallelujah. We're praying that uh, they continue to win souls because how many knows there's only really one church? Hallelujah. And one day I'm going to get to meet those folks. Praise the Lord that are being one down there in Jesus' name. We give honor to each one of you. You can be seated if you would for just a moment of time. Hallelujah. I give honor also to the ministry that are here. Uh, so many capable men of God, much more capable than I am of actually delivering the word. And I give honor, double honor to the ministry of this church, to the men of God that are laboring faithfully in the work of the Lord. You know, the fields are truly white to harvest. And we've got to be out about the Father's business and doing what we can. And I tell you, it's, uh, you know, it's, been, it's been a journey for us these past uh, several months uh, from the beginning of the year all the way through and and uh, we've, we've done a little traveling my wife and I, I love her so much she's with me this morning appreciate her and you know we've seen a lot of things but I'm getting ready to see something <laughs> hallelujah today that I've been praying for and that I've been a wanting to see for a while and that's my oldest granddaughter London Grace Basmaji's going down in that tank here in just a little bit in the precious name of Jesus hallelujah I'm thankful today, hallelujah, for the heritage of the Lord, hallelujah, that it is for you and I and that we are doing everything we can to see that heritage continue to grow and to be blessed as you are in your families. Praise the Lord. Get ready to go to the Word here in just a minute or two, but I got a really heavy burden on my heart this morning for the country of Israel. You know, I got up and I began to see yesterday everything that was going on, and as much, many of you know, they've declared war over there because of everything that's happened. And I was looking at the statistics. They said 600, I believe, that had perished yesterday during the terrorist attacks, 2,000 uh, hospitalized and injured due to everything that's going on. They said dozens upon dozens, if not hundreds, that have been taken captive over into the Gaza Strip, and they're using them as human shields in different places to try to keep the bombs from falling. And There's many that are still held captive in their own homes, they say, down in the southern part of Israel. And We've got friends that are over there, Brother Dave Robinson, Irvin Baxter's uh, 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 son-in-law and his his daughter they had an Israeli tour that was going on and they are actually there and I know that the flights have been canceled and things are going on so there's uh, it's just a burden this morning if we could stand all over this house this morning hallelujah I think it would be appropriate to just take just a few minutes if it's okay and if we could begin to call out the name of Jesus over them and you know whoever blesses Israel is going to be blessed and whoever curses Israel is going to be cursed let's bless them this morning hallelujah and ask God to touch them in every way Jesus Jesus, we call upon your name, God, Lord, in faith. God, asking, God, Lord, right now, God, that you would begin, Lord, to have mercy. God, Lord, upon, Lord, those that are in captivity today. God, those that have been dragging, Lord, drag, drug off into a foreign place, God. I pray, God, for the moms and the dads and, Lord, for the soldiers, for all of them, God, Lord, that are there today. God, I pray, God, Lord, for the wounded. I, God, ask that you'd go down into the hospitals and minister, God, and move God and God that you would Lord just make a way for them to be made whole and Lord those that are in the valley of the shadow of death this morning God you said you'd never leave them Lord you'd be with them oh God I pray Lord this morning that grace and mercy God might begin to invade those homes God and Lord we're going to give you praise Lord as you touch God this nation God we bless them today Lord with the blessings of the Lord God and Lord we're asking that your grace just begin to move 
Give them direction. Help their leaderships and their leaders. Help their president, Bibi Netanyahu, oh God, Lord, to be able to have the direction that he needs. God, I'm just praying, God, Lord, that grace and mercy, Lord, would be there in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We know that the signs of the times are upon us and that we're living in the surely in the end of the age. And hallelujah, lots of things are transpiring and happening throughout the world. And, but I'm telling you today, we've still got to keep praying. We still got to keep believing. We got we still got to keep reaching for folks. Because if somebody, hallelujah, I believe it was you, Brother Minton, that Brother uh, uh, Brother uh, Cook, he said, you know, uh, somebody asked me a question one time. He said, is there anything worse than being lost? And Brother Cook said he thought for a minute and he said, no, I, I really don't know that there's anything worse than being lost. But I believe it was Brother Minton that, that he told me, actually told him, said, yeah, there is. There's something worse than being lost and that's being lost and nobody looking for you. Hallelujah, I'm telling you right now, we can't give up and we can't give in. We got to keep searching. We got to keep looking. We got to keep plowing the fields. Hallelujah, because somebody's counting on you today in Jesus' name. We go to the word of the Lord as you remain standing. Two verses of scripture that I want to read to you this morning out of the book of Philippians. It's Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 13 and 14. And the word of the Lord begins to read is this. It says, Brethren, I count myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to preach to you a simple message this morning about never giving up and never giving in. Somebody tell the devil this morning, hallelujah, I ain't giving up, devil. Hallelujah, I ain't giving in. I'm, going, I'm in it to win it. Hallelujah, and when you're in it to win it, you'll keep pressing and you'll keep moving and you'll keep going forward in every aspect and in every way. Let us pray one more time all over the house. We come before you today. God, your word is anointed. God, I'm just asking God as Lord, a humble vessel, God, standing before you that one more time, God, you might anoint me. God, to speak the word, and Lord, we're going to give you the praise and the glory for all things you do. You do well in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated for a little while today. Hallelujah. With the help of the Lord today, we want to encourage somebody. We want to encourage somebody to keep pressing on and to keep fighting the good fight of faith. And, you know, we're living, like I said, under end time pressures. And there's lots of things that are going on. My wife and I have been giving an end time Bible study to a couple. And uh, uh, there's been some couples that have been added to it as we begin to start teaching. And people don't realize that we are truly, hallelujah, living on the cusp of the coming of the Lord. That at any time, that it any moment things could begin to change and hallelujah and the Lord could begin to come back and I'm excited today because I believe we're living in one of the greatest times of humanity because I realize that uh, all throughout the ages of time even as the apostles received the Holy Ghost but hallelujah we're living in the age uh, of the end where it's been declared to us that we're going to those that know their God shall do great exploits I'm here to tell you today that it's up to us to reach and to teach and to do everything everything we can and I believe that the devil is working overtime to try to do everything he can to discourage your hearts to discourage your actions to discourage your mind to keep everything he can hallelujah from taking place because he knows he has a short time to work Matthew 11 and 12 says from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force I've tried to come this morning to encourage you that Hallelujah, even though that we're seeing the violence and we're seeing the things that are around us and people are suffering, I've come to tell you today, we've got to continue to fight the good fight. We've got to continue to move during this season of life and say, God, no matter what happens, no matter what's going on in my life or in my family, I know there's a greater purpose. I know there's a reason behind all of the, the distress and things because I'm telling you, if you're breathing under the sound of my voice this morning, hallelujah, there's times you've got trouble. There's times you've got problems and, and situations and some of you might be fighting it right now. But oh, Winston Churchill said, if you're going through it, if you're going through hell, you just got to keep on going. I come today to try to get somebody determined that no matter what, I'm going to keep pressing, I'm going to keep moving, that I'm going to keep pulling, hallelujah, the, the, uh, the needle forward in life. 
we begin to see that the battle, it's not a physical battle for us as much. Hallelujah. Although there are physical battles taking place, but Ephesians 6 and 10 said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's a battle of the mind, can I tell you today. Hallelujah, the battle is won and it's lost right here. I want to encourage you this morning. Hallelujah, as the enemy fights on every side and tries to form what I would call a blitz attack. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in just a little bit. But that's exactly what happened yesterday in Israel. The enemy took an unusual method and they began to fly parachutes over the fence to be able to invade God's people. Can I tell you today that the enemy's trying to do everything unconventional warfare brother to try to tear down the church in the hour that we're living in I don't know when I've seen a church uh, community in so much distress because I'm telling you the day the devil is doing everything he can to try to keep you from being able to witness to try to keep you from being able to preach to try to keep you from being able to pray but I come to declare war hallelujah this morning upon an enemy hallelujah that I can't see but I tell you right now somebody's got to get a determination a spiritual backbone to say I ain't giving in I ain't giving up I ain't going to never hallelujah the year was 1909 Glenn was born to Henry and Rosa in the Midwest of the United States in Kansas Kansas not particular in the country and 1909, I think the time that they were born to the time that they would die, they were constantly working in the fields and on the farms and doing everything they could. And Glenn Cunningham would be no, no option. It would be that he would get up and that he would work and that he would understand a day's labor. He was the second boy that was born to Henry and Rosa and Floyd. His brother was his example. Floyd would show him how to work in the fields. Floyd was his best friend, and I'm sure they'd done a lot together. Just so happened that they attended a one-room schoolhouse there in Kansas somewhere out in the middle of the country, and they had a job to do even in the school before school would start. If you bear with me for just a minute, I got a story. It's a true story. And it says that as they would... Every morning during the winter, Brother Talsman, they would get up and they would go down to the school and somebody's job was to gather the wood and somebody's job was to gather the kerosene and, and there they would start a fire every morning before the teacher come and it would be that uh, they would uh, have it ready and the house would be warm when the, when the students arrived and that was their duty and their job. It was an ordinary day. It was an ordinary time. Six-year-old, hallelujah, Glenn and his nine-year-old brother, made their journey down to the school and they put the wood in there and they, they put the kerosene up on the wood and they waited a minute for it to soak in where it would wick real good and the fire would catch. And Glenn would take the match and he would throw it into that, that wood stove and an explosion would happen. That little one-room schoolhouse would catch on fire. Glenn's brother Floyd would die just almost immediately from the burns that he suffered over most of his body. Glenn laid there unconscious in the middle of the, of the fire. and The bottom extremities of his body were on fire and burned. And his sister, seeing the smoke rising as she was coming in, she ran to the schoolhouse and she pulled Glenn out of the fire. She ran in and she got him. And By the time they got him to the hospital, they, they, he said, I remember my mom. He said, standing outside of the door there at the hospital and and all of a sudden, I heard the doctor say, Ma'am, Glenn ain't going to make it. Floyd's dead, but Glenn ain't going to make it either. And he said, I determined in my heart when those words come out of that doctor's mouth, I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to live. That six-year-old boy lay 
laying there burnt for over 60 to 70 percent of his body and it had, it had burned him so bad that it burnt the, the heel and the bottom part of his foot to where it was just flat and it had burnt the toes off of one. So uh, I'm trying to be graphic enough to, for you to understand that it was severe enough that they said there's no way. And then he said, I remember the doctor uh, telling my mom, said, there's no way that if he does live that he'll ever walk again. And he said, I made up my mind right then. He said that there was no way, hallelujah, that I was going to lay in the bed the rest of my life. There was no way I was going to sit down and I was going to give up. Do you understand? I'm talking about a determined spirit. I've come to try to encourage somebody this morning to get determined. Hallelujah, that no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm walking through, no matter what happens tomorrow, I'm going to be the same person. I'm going to get up, Brother Cook, and I'm going to continue to work. And it goes on to say that they finally uh, Glenn was in the hospital for a whole year they took him home and they set him outside in his wheelchair with a little picket fence that was around the front yard and there they would roll him out on the good days and the bright days and the beautiful days and he was sitting there and he said I've determined I can't sit here no longer and he flung himself out of the wheelchair and he crawled, the army crawled over to the fence. His mom and dad not knowing what's going on. And he began to pull himself through the pain. He began to pull himself up. He began to grab a hold of the top of the fence and he began to walk around that fence all the way around the yard with the help, with the support of the fence. He had determined I'm not giving up and I'm not giving in. I'm, I'm in it to win it and I'm going to walk again. It was said that he did that for I don't know the exact amount of time but he got up every day and he began to work his legs and he began to work and he began to not only walk but they said of Glenn Cunningham that they would often see him running just as hard as he could to get back to the schoolhouse that had burnt that they had rebuilt why because he was determined that no matter how bad life had knocked him down no matter what had happened that he wasn't going to give up do you understand what I I'm saying, I'm telling I come to preach to you this morning. Don't you give in. Don't you give up in the heat of the battle when things are hard. Hallelujah. Glenn Cunningham would go on to be Dr. Glenn Cunningham. He would go on to be a perseverer. Somebody that would not allow himself to be kicked down. You see, it would be in the 1930s that Dr. Glenn Cunningham would be well known and run in Madison Square Garden, running the fastest mile that human man had ever run at four minutes, six seconds, and eight-tenths of a second. He had set the world record that would stand for about three years. He nicknamed him the Kansas Flyer because he had a determination. I'm not going to lay down, and I'm not going to give up. I come to tell somebody today, oh, you might be going through some things. You might not understand some things, but I, if you'll get up, and you'll lift your hands, and you'll say, I ain't going to sit down on God. I ain't going to sit down in the midst to the trouble but I'm going to keep on pressing oh. we got to keep moving forward there can't be no back up in our get up hallelujah we just got to keep moving hallelujah and watch God continue to work watch God continue to move Paul said it like this talking about life he said I fought a good fight he said, I've finished my course. He said, I've kept the faith. He said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge shall give me at that day, but not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. What's that tell you, Brother Allen? That means if Paul had to fight for it, honey, there ain't no option. We're going to have to fight for it. That's why he said, I forget the things that are behind me, and I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. We got to burn some bridges in our life. We got to say, hallelujah, devil, I ain't giving in, and I ain't giving up, but I'm going to move forward in every aspect and in every way. Can we give the Lord a hand all over the house? Hallelujah.
had determined. Paul was a determined man. From his Damascus Road experience. Hallelujah. Saul would be changed forevermore from the destroyer to Paul the apostle. He would be the one that uh, most of the New Testament was written of. And hallelujah. And God would use him to do great exploits. And he would stand before Caesars and kings. Let me tell you something. But Paul always had the vision that no matter where he was. Whether he was in the deep. Hallelujah. Whether he was being beaten. Whether he was being beaten with rods or being scourged five times I'm telling you Paul had a determination if I'm going to glory in anything I'm going to glory in those things concerning my body hallelujah the, the punishment the affliction that I had to take and to endure hallelujah brother I just don't understand hallelujah why I'm going through what I'm going through and why the things are the way they are hallelujah because it rains on the just and the unjust. Because you're not promised. Hallelujah. Sunshine, roses, and kisses. Just because you become a Christian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But what you're promised is. Hallelujah. Is that the promise is always bigger than the problem. That the grace of God is always going to be there to lift you up, to pick you up, to help you, to set you on your journey, to make sure that no matter what's going on, good to see you, young man. Hallelujah. I'm not almost see, I'm telling you right now that the power and the anointing of God is greater than the situations that we're facing as families, that we're facing as individuals, that we're facing in circumstances. We get weary, we get tired. Hallelujah. But I've come to tell you today, here's a promise. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of good, thoughts of peace, and not of evil to give you an expected end. God expects you to make it. Hallelujah. He's cheering for you along the way. Hallelujah. What did he tell Peter? He said, Peter, Satan hath desired that he may sift you as wheat. He said, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And that when you're strengthened that you'll convert the brethren. Hallelujah. God's got a plan for every one of us. God's got a purpose and an appointment. Hallelujah. In all of our lives. And he's just, he sent me this morning with a word of encouragement. That no matter where you're at or what you're going through. Hallelujah, lift your hands up. Hallelujah, lift your eyes up. Begin to say, God, I'm in the middle of it, but take me by the hand, oh God. Because I've forgotten the things that are behind me. And God, I'm pressing. God, I'm going to push forward. God, I'm going to pray until something happens. God, I'm going to believe that you're going to minister and move in every aspect and in every way. Hallelujah. Let, the Bible says in Galatians 6 and 9, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. If we faint not. I don't know about you, but I got my knapsack. Hallelujah. It's harvest time. Hallelujah. I got to get out, brother. And I've got to glean the fields. Hallelujah. Is there a Ruth in the house this morning? Hallelujah. Is there a, is there a Ruth in the house that says, I'll go behind the reapers? It don't, I, I don't want nothing to go to waste. Hallelujah. I'm gonna see, I'm going to the edges of the fields, but I'm going to get out into the middle of it. Hallelujah. And I'm going to see what God will do because I'm telling you, that's when we got a mind to work, God's got a mind to minister. God's got a mind to let us see exactly what we're praying for and praying about the year was 1940. The blitz attack was getting ready to start. The preparations of the enemy back in Germany in Hitler's borough was getting ready to take place. He had concocted an idea. I will conquer the world. The enemy has it in his mind that he's going to conquer you. The enemy has it in his mind, hallelujah, that he'll put such force and such pressure, hallelujah, up on your life. And he'll blow the winds of trouble up on you so hard that you'll be willing to give up. But thank God, hallelujah, for the determination of a nation called England and Britain, hallelujah, that had a man that was willing to stand. And a lot of this message I begin to take from a speech. The, the title of this message from a speech that was given by Winston Churchill to the people of England. 
You see, as the attack began to take place, they called it a blitz for one reason, brother, and that was because they were going to attack them from all sides. Has anybody ever felt like you've been under the attack of the enemy and that it hit you on every side and up on every avenue and that he didn't hold back any kind of bomb or, or any kind of distress or any kind of depression or any kind of sickness? Do you understand what I'm saying today? The blitz attack was getting ready to take place and England would be attacked by 500 planes at one time. They would come in from all directions. It would start on the docks. They would begin to try to mobilize and destroy. It's said that that eight-month attack called the blitz attack, they dropped 12,000 metric tons of bombs up on London. There was an estimated 32,000 civilians that died in the attacks, Brother Cook. 60% of the houses were destroyed. Hallelujah. But there was one thing that they said, hallelujah, in England. We will fight on the shores. We will fight, hallelujah, in our homeland. We will not give up. We will fight till we can't fight no more. Somebody get that attitude. Hallelujah. I ain't giving in, devil, to the circumstances to the situations, to the problems, to my own personal struggles that I'm going through. Harrow School was the alma mater of Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill delivered a speech there after the Blitz attack in 1941. And he began to say this, and as I quote, surely from the period of 10 months this lesson has been learned. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never in nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and of good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparent overwhelming might of the enemy. I come to tell somebody today, hallelujah, David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Somebody come in this morning overwhelmed by the circumstances of the life that you're living. But I come to tell you today that God said, hallelujah, never, never, never give in to the overwhelming feeling that's inside of your spirit that the enemy is oppressing, hallelujah, and distressing you to the point. Brother Allen, it just feels like, hallelujah, that I ain't got no control of the situation. Hallelujah. Can I tell you? You might not have. But there is a God. That is in full control. And all things are open. Before his eyes. All things are seen. Before him. And there's nothing that's not seen. He sees the sparrow that falls. The word of God says he knows the hairs upon our head. He knows us so intimately. Sister Jones, hallelujah. There's nothing that's going to get by. There's not a sin that he won't know. There's not a circumstance where we've been brought down. Where we feel like we've been unjustly done. Hallelujah. When we feel like, God, I've been oppressed. Hallelujah. By some. Hallelujah. That I fought with my brothers and sisters. I've been oppressed. And every way let me tell you everybody's human honey everybody's got struggles if you didn't realize it you do now but I come to tell you by the God hallelujah that says I'll heal all the wounds I'll help all of the circumstances I'll take all of the pain all you got to do is be willing to give it to him and I love more you call I love more brother Jones and begin to say God it's in your hands it's in it's out of my hands I just can't do anything about it. We can begin to look time and time again throughout the scriptures. and We can begin to see. I chose these scriptures out of the book of Philippians because Paul is one of the greatest examples of somebody who was in it to win it. Who said, I can make it. Hallelujah. His pedigree, you can see in the book of Corinthians, uh, chapter 11, believe it's 2 Corinthians, and you can see what he endured and what he had to go through. I'm here to tell you today, but James says it like this, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. 
For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Hallelujah. I may be going through it now. I may be in the middle of distress or despair, but there's one thing about it. I got my mind made up. I'm moving on. I'm pressing on. I'm not staying where I'm at. I'm going to help somebody, and I'm going to keep on moving, and I'm going to keep on seeing God work, and I'm going to keep on feeling the anointing of God. That breaks the yoke of bondage in my life and in those that are around me. I fear that some are so close, hallelujah, to just throwing their hands up and saying, I, I just can't make it. I just, I just can't do it any longer. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, I want you to know no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad things appear, there's always hope. Hallelujah. Why? Because the book of Lamentations says the mercies of God are new every morning. Hallelujah. The grace of God I can receive and I have access to. Uh, the world ain't got no help. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you ain't a part of the church and you're a part of the world and it seems like everything's crashing down on you, let me tell you there's help. Hallelujah. There is hope. There is help in the boat. There is help if you get in the ship. There's help if you stay in it. Hallelujah. There's somebody that if you got some abiding grace and abiding love that God can show you, I'm going to see you through the storm. Paul, Paul, the angel began to tell him, you must stand before Caesar. You're going to Rome, Paul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He had appeared, he had appealed unto King Agrippa. Hallelujah. He had appeared, appealed unto Felix. He himself in prison. Hallelujah, still ministering and doing everything he could. Hallelujah, to win somebody. But God told him, said, you're going to go down to Rome, Paul. And we see that the, the, the stage is set. Paul begins to get on the boat. And Paul begins to start making the journey that was going to be long over to Rome. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, as they begin to make their abode, they begin to travel. We begin to pick up the story. I don't know how long I've got, but hopefully I got long enough to get through it. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you today, Paul had a made up mind and he understood the God he served. Acts 27 and 9. And now when much time was spent when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already past, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the laden and the ship, but also of our lives. Notice that here in the beginning, as he was getting ready, hallelujah, he understood that the ship, something was going to happen. He understood and even felt in himself that maybe it would happen in so much that some of them would actually perish in the sea. And it goes on to say, nevertheless, the centurion, believing the master and the owner of the ship more than the things which were spoken by Paul. And he said, because the haven was not commodious to winter, and that the most part advised thence also, and that by any means they might obtain Fine east and there in the winter and then in the haven of Crete lies toward the south and the west and the north. West. What are you saying, Brother Allen? I'm saying the soldiers didn't want to stay, hallelujah, at that port because it wasn't a good place to have to stay all winter. And they said, let's begin to pick up the anchor and let's begin to start traveling back, hallelujah, to another port that is a whole lot more accommodating that we may be able to find a better place for the soldiers and for the ship and for everything. And, and Paul, because he understood, hallelujah, that something was going to happen. He began to tell them it's not a good idea, but they did not listen to him. Can I tell you, hallelujah, we get ourselves in trouble when we don't listen to the man of God. Hallelujah. I thank God for the men of God that God has put in my life. Hallelujah. I thank God for the men of God that's given me godly instruction in the hour I've lived because they've kept me out of the storm. They've been able to direct me out of the storm. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now. Hallelujah. You've got to listen to the man of God. You've got to have a pastor. I've got a pastor. I go to church in Providence, Kentucky right now under Pastor Dunning at the Jesus Name Prayer Chapel. 
chapel. Hallelujah, I'm down there trying to help and do everything I can. I got a bishop named Philip Cook. Honey, and I'm telling you right now, I listen to the men of God in my life. Praise God. Well, that was free. And it said when the wind began to blow softly, the men that were selling the boat thought, oh, we've gained the favor. And therefore they set out on their journey. It wouldn't be long till they would find themselves in the midst of the storm. Here in Acts chapter 27 and verse number 13 and 14 and 15 begins to talk about a Eurachlodon. A storm, a nor'easter, as it's referred to. And uh, it's an upper eastern wind that blows in the Mediterranean for the most part of the harvest time and in the winter. And it is a storm like no other when you're in a boat. It began to drive them. It began to push them. It began to take them. And, and they did not understand. Hallelujah. They had to let the sail go. They had to let down some of the supplies that were with inside of the boat. Hallelujah. They had to do everything they could to lighten the load in order to keep the ship afloat. Sometimes... Hallelujah, it seems like we're going down. Sometimes it seems like we've been so oppressed and so distressed for so long. And it seems like the winds of life, they've just beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten upon us so hard that it's affected us to the point that we don't have any direction. It said they let the ship turn as it would. They let it go whichever direction because they couldn't control it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, I've been in that position in my life where I felt like I had, I, I had need of direction, that I was being beat up on by the winds of life. And I know that there are many that are sitting under the sound of my voice today and you're feeling the same thing. Hallelujah. But I thank God. Hallelujah. They better thank God there was a man of God on the boat. Hallelujah. That he had was in constant contact so to speak with the God of heaven Paul began to go down and he began to seek the Lord hallelujah and God began to send him a message God began to give him direction for everyone for everyone that was inside of the ship can I tell you there's help in the house hallelujah if you, if you think uh, there's help in the houseboat, let me say that for Paul in this situation. Uh, because Paul was willing, hallelujah, and had the direction of God, he could begin to stand and he did boldly. And he began to talk to the centurions and the soldiers here in verse 31 of Acts 27. And Paul said to the centurion, to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Hallelujah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Except you get the mentality, we're not just going to give up. We're not just going to abandon the boat. We're not just going to throw in the towel, so to speak, and believe that everything's going to be okay. I've come to preach to somebody this morning. You've got to get the determination. I'm never going to give in. I'm never going to get out of the ship. I'm never going to get out of the boat. But I'm going to continue to press and to move forward. In the direction God has because even though they had no idea where they were, God knew where they were the whole time. Being tossed by the waves and the wind and everything that was going on. Hallelujah. They had an attitude. We ain't giving in and we ain't giving up. Except these stay on course. Except these not give in. Except these stay in the boat. And the very verse, next verse of scripture says they took the knives hallelujah and they cut the ropes loose on the lifeboats and they let them fall. Somebody burned the ship. Somebody cut the ropes. Somebody say there ain't no going back and there ain't no, uh, there ain't no secondary plan. Hallelujah. This is, the, this is the way. Walk therein. There ain't no other option. Hallelujah. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth to life and few there be that find it but broad is the way hallelujah that leads to death and many there be which go in there at let me tell you today you're walking in the right way you're in the right place you got on the right ship and God's going to see you all the way home hallelujah the winds of life hallelujah the winds of trouble the winds of finances the winds of sickness, the winds of death, the winds of sorrow, 
They're all winds that we've had to deal with. Hallelujah. If you're sitting under the sound of my voice, we've all had trouble. We've all had the wind that felt like the Eurachlodon that was blowing and tossing. And it felt like I could go under any time. But I'm here to tell you today. They said, I believe you, Paul. I believe that the angel stood by you this night and told you, if we stay in the boat, we're all going to make it out okay. It would not be long. Hallelujah, the ship would begin to be torn apart. And every man would begin to jump in to the water, holding on to the pieces of the boat that were left, grasping, hallelujah, for a piece of the ship, hallelujah, to get them to the shore. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Oh, you've got to be willing, hallelujah, to get a hold of the boat. Ah, the boat was torn apart, but it was going to be the rescue anyway. It was what was going to get them to the shoreline. Let me tell you right now, Oh, it might be beaten and the ship might feel like it's battered. But I'm telling you, if you can get a hold of the board, if you can get a hold of what I'm preaching to you this morning, God will begin to help you. Hallelujah. I hope this is all right this morning. I scream and I spit and I holler a lot. Why is that little man so mad? I'm not mad. Boy, I tell you, I've been happy for 27 years. Hallelujah. I've been preaching. I've been loving God. I've been going through storms. I've been seeing people jump the ship. I've seen people give up on this thing and turn around and walk out in the wrong direction. But I'm here to tell you today, hallelujah, that I've seen them come in and I've seen them get. I'm from Providence, y'all, Kentucky. We're home to the Bulldogs. I've seen them get a bulldog grip on this thing. So I ain't never giving in. I ain't never giving up. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm in it to win it. And when we begin to see somebody else is counting on us, somebody else, hallelujah, is depending upon where God has sent us to for the season and the hour of life that we're living in. Hallelujah. I think about a man. The Bible calls him, hallelujah, a father that had a determination that he would never give up on his son. He wasn't going to give up on him because he was his flesh and blood, because he had raised him, because he had seen him. But something awful had happened to the young man. Somewhere along life's journey, he become possessed by a devil. And he was a lunatic man. The word of God calls him. And the Bible begins to say that this man, this father, said if I can just get him to the disciples of the Lord, he'll be made whole. If I can just get him in the presence, of God. Oh God. A father's love. Hallelujah. That was so rooted and grounded and deep inside of him. That he was willing to no matter what. Hallelujah. Press on. And the word of God says he took him to the disciples. And they laid hands on him. And the devil was not come out. He would not let go of the young man. Oh, but all of a sudden he realized this is, I got to get him to the Lord. I got to get him to the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. He made a determination. He could have got, he could have tucked tail. He could have went back to the house and he could have dealt with it the rest of his life. But all of a sudden he went down to the Lord and he said, have mercy upon my son, Lord. Hallelujah. Just have mercy on him. Hallelujah. He's lunatic. From, from now, he, he, the devil takes him and he, and he flails him and he, and he begins to the, beat himself against the ground. He said, I brought him to your disciples and they could do nothing. Hallelujah. But if you can do anything, will you help my son? I could see the hurt. Hallelujah. In the voice as I read the scriptures of the man, of the daddy. Hallelujah. Who was so hurt. And the Lord began to rebuke the foul spirit. And so much that he come out of him. 
And he was made whole from that very hour because a dad said, I ain't giving up and I ain't giving in. I'm in it to win it. I've come for one reason and one reason only. I'm going to press through all of the garbage. I'm going to press through all of the doubt. I'm going to press through all of the unbelief. I'm going to believe that my God is more than sufficient to be able to meet the need. Hallelujah. He began to receive what he wanted. Let me tell you, hallelujah, thank God for a father's love. Thank God for a determined mama. Woo! Thank God for a mama that said, I don't know about you, but I love my mama. I love my daddy too. I think mama too. I don't know. Daddy days too. Mama's 77. Mama's loving God and daddy's coming to church. There's hope. I thank God for both of us. Because I was just as ornery and mean and stubborn. And pig-headed and rebellious as any you ever seen in your life. But they didn't give up on me. My mama was a praying woman. My mama was trying to reach God for me. And God get through that old hard-headed boy. God help him. God get hello, boy. You caught out on more. I thank God for a mama, for a praying mama. This woman was a Gentile, Cyrenian woman. Hallelujah. She had a daughter. She was going to do everything she could to help her down to where she was going. No matter what, she was going to do whatever it took. She wasn't going to give up, sister. The word of God said she heard Jesus was coming by. And she said, I'm going to join myself, hallelujah, to the caravan. Can I tell you today, we need to join ourselves to the caravan of where Jesus is going. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah, I invite you to come on. The word of God says that she began to uh, trouble them. She began to uh, uh, say, Lord, have mercy upon my daughter. Have mercy upon my daughter. I don't know. It doesn't say specifically how far, Brother Kirkwood, that she followed the Lord on her journey. But I do know that she kept pressing. Hallelujah. She said, I'm not giving in and I'm not giving up till I get what I need. Do you understand what I'm preaching today? Hallelujah. She said, Lord, have mercy on my daughter. The disciple said, Lord, she's been behind us now for a good long way. My own words, if you don't mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. She said, I, he, she's been behind us. Can you just, just send her away? Because she won't shut up. <laughs> my words again. <laughs> and the word of the Lord says that he said, woman, I'm not sent for you. I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He just insulted her. Well, surely that'll stop her. How many have been insulted? Well, I've just gotten mad. I'm just I'm mad all over. You ever heard anybody say that? Just somebody said something about me, hurt my feelings. Oh, my, my, my. How many times did you not get your blessing because somebody made you mad? Never give in. Never give up. But get over it. I know. Let me tell you something. She said, I don't care if he insults me. I don't care if he calls me names. I don't care. He knew who she was, but he called her a woman. I ain't got no time for you because you are not of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What is it that I should take the children's meat? And cast it to the dogs, the Lord said. What? Call her a dog. But yet, I'm not giving up. And I'm not giving in. I'm not stopping the journey. Just because it's going to take me to press a little bit harder. To get what I need because my daughter's counting on me. My son was counting on me, the man said. Hallelujah. And it would be, she said, yes, Lord, of a truth it is. Hallelujah. That we are the dogs of a truth, Lord. Yes, I understand that I'm really nothing in the eyes of the Jewish nation. But even the dogs, I am a dog. I'm humble enough to say that I, I, I eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Just heal my daughter. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, the conversation was getting ready to change because he got uh, she got as 
his attention. And she said, hallelujah, I'll eat the crumbs. I'll take whatever I can get, but let my daughter be made whole. And from that point in time on, the Lord said, I've not seen so great a faith. No, not in Israel. And the Lord began to move upon her. And he said, woman, let thy request be made. Let it be done as you have requested. Hallelujah. From this point forward, her daughter, hallelujah, was made whole. From that point in time forward, hallelujah, there was no more sickness. There was no more enemy. There was no more devil tormenting her mind. I'm here to tell you today, hallelujah, Lord, I'm just a dog. Hallelujah, I realize I'm just a Gentile. God, I just need a crumb or two to be able to get by just to nourish me a little bit. Uh, Somebody today as we stand all over the house. Hallelujah, begin to lift your hands and begin to say, God, I'm not giving in. I'm not giving up. Just great, hallelujah, is thy faith. Woman, be it unto thee as thou hast asked. We begin to see, hallelujah, a woman that had an issue of blood 12 years. Gave all she had, spent her entire living, and she was none the better, but the Lord was coming by. She said, I'm going to press by. I'm going to press forward. Hallelujah. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, she said, I could be made whole of the infirmity. She was determined. Hallelujah, Brother Walden, that she wasn't going to give up and she wasn't going to give in. The press was so great. Hallelujah. They were thronging him. They were so many people there. But she said, I've got to get through the crowd. I've got to get to the master. I've got to get to my help because I know if I can touch him, hallelujah, it's going to make all the difference in the world this morning as they begin to play and as they begin to sing I want to invite you to come hallelujah to this altar and press through all of the doubt press through all of the fear press through all of the things that the enemy has said you sit down hallelujah and don't you get up hallelujah because it ain't going to make a difference anyway Uh, you've tried God hallelujah many times and it seems like that you've never got what you need let me tell you if you've tried him a hundred times try him a hundred and one If you've tried him a thousand, try him a thousand and one. Because I'm telling you, the Lord loves you. He wants you to know he's for you. He sent me here to give you this message. Be encouraged. Never give in. And never give up in the battle. As they play and sing, this altar's open. Come down. And press through all of that junk and through all of that doubt and through all that circumstance, through all of the hurt, hallelujah, that you feel inside of your soul, saint of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, sister, brother, don't let, hallelujah, wounds and and all of the things that's happened to you, maybe, hallelujah, keep you from getting what you need. Because I'm telling you right now, it's when you say, God, I'm going to humble myself. God, I'm going to press just a little bit harder and a little bit longer and God I'm going to see the miraculous begin to take place in my life I'm telling you that's when God's going to move when he sees your determination hallelujah as they sang the altars are open God bless you hallelujah is our prayer